When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Just mow it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Greetings on a Monday morning. Boy, I'll tell you what, this morning it feels a whole lot like December compared to the temperatures last week. I am the fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yonke, tickled to be along with you on this, the 18th day of December. Partly cloudy skies on the way today will warm up no better than 28 degrees, so quite a surprise from what we've experienced over the past 48 hours' time. The good news is things start turning around as soon as tomorrow. Sunny skies on the way Tuesday, 35 degrees. Wednesday, partly sunny and 44. Thursday, partly sunny and 43 degrees. We are going to stay in the 40s for most of this week, and again, it looks dry. I know for some of you folks that would enjoy a white Christmas, it's disappointing, but for a lot of folks that still have outdoor activities that they'd like to do or need to continue to do, this is good news. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, on the way with the weather details for you on a Monday. Join me this holiday season as we celebrate the spirit of farming and the traditions that connect us all. From the smell of freshly cut hay to the warmth of a cozy farmhouse on a snowy evening. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report, and I'm proud to bring you agribusiness news where the heart of farming meets the joy of the season. For my corgi, Peach, and myself, we want to wish you a dairy Christmas and a happy moo year. And from all of us here at the Midwest Farm Report, thanks for listening. Wisconsin has updated its farmland preservation program, and stakeholders say these changes will boost enrollment numbers. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Farmland preservation is a voluntary program. It gives financial incentives to farmers to keep their land in production while also preserving soil and water quality. Some of the new changes are that the financial incentives per acre are higher, but the time commitment is shorter. Program manager Wednesday Coy says she hopes these changes will increase enrollment. It's protecting ag land. It's making sure that farms can stay in business and that we continue to have um, our important agricultural resources to the state. There are a couple of different ways that folks can participate in this program, and these changes hopefully encourage more people to participate. Tim Jackson is also on the line with us. He, too, is a farmland preservation program manager. He says about 8.5 million acres are eligible for farmland preservation, but in 2022, just under 2 million of those acres were enrolled, and that was among about 9,700 landowners. Unfortunately, he says the number of landowners enrolled has been falling. So over the last 10 years about, um, the number of total claims, uh, so people that have actually claimed the tax credit, has decreased slowly over time, um, but the average acres per claim has slowly increased over time, which, you know, slowly, or excuse me, it reflects some other statewide trends that you see um, more towards like farming consolidation, where maybe the number of total farms is going down a little bit each year, but the number of acres in farming is either you know, staying pretty steady or going down not quite as slowly. So um, some of those farms have gotten a little bigger. So, you know, the size of those claims has gotten a little bigger. Um, but generally, the mm. number of claims is, is down a little bit. So what can you tell me about what type of farms typically get involved? The average is about 200 acres, but that is an average, and really it varies wildly. We see anywhere from 
you know, 60, 50 acres all the way up to um, some farms that are over a thousand acres or a couple thousand acres in size. The type of production that happens on these lands um, is really a, a mirror of what the state um, produces. So you have a lot of your traditional, um, you know, corn and bean cropping, raising a livestock, and, you know, dairy is, of course, a big one in the state. Um, but this program is also very inclusive, so it's not just the traditional ag folks that are eligible to participate in the program. We also allow for um, some non-traditional ag like uh, ape, uh, apiculture, so beekeeping, uh, nurseries or Christmas tree production, floriculture, aquaculture, managed forest. Um, so it's pretty inclusive, but the average claim you'll see is pretty similar to the average farm in Wisconsin, which is you know, a couple hundred acres in size, livestock and, and corn and beans. So in your respective positions, what have you been hearing from communities, farmers, et cetera, about their thoughts in getting involved in farmland preservation? Was the return on investment there for them? We actually did a survey in 2018, which really helped influence this legislation moving forward. Um, but we, we did a survey across the state around potential participants. Some of them were either already participating or, you know, could participate if they chose to. And we asked them these questions. We said, you know, what are the benefits to participating in this program? You know, do you see this as being something that you want to participate in? Or are these benefits too low to encourage you to participate? And we found that a lot of folks were really positive about the program. They saw that it was very valuable to have this as part of their community, but they found that the incentives were too low. So those tax credits were too low to encourage them personally to enroll in the program. And a lot of the things that <clears throat> we're finding is that these incentives are going towards paying for some of the parts of the program that create eligibility. So one of the big ones is nutrient management planning. You know, farmers are using this tax credit to help cover the cost of nutrient management planning, but over the years, nutrient management planning has become more expensive where tax credits have stagnated. So I think that was a really limiting factor for these landowners. So hopefully with the increase, we we're kind of directly, you know, addressing that concern that we saw that folks had in that 2018 survey. I mentioned earlier that the new changes to the program will both reduce the time commitment and up the incentives for farmland preservation. And to be specific, the minimum number of years that farmers would have to commit to the program moved from 15 to 10 years. Payments per acre also went up to either $10 or $12.50 per acre, depending on your location. I asked program managers Wednesday Coy and Tim Jackson if they expect enrollment numbers to jump because of these changes. I do. I do think that this will increase enrollment. Um, we have seen some counties offer some incentives for new enrollment in farmland preservation agreements at smaller scale, and we saw wild success with that. Just having some additional funds there has made the program more attractive. So I do believe that by increasing the tax credits on a more wide scale, we will see increased participation. We have, you know, about 2 million acres of the eligible areas being claimed on, and we have north of 8.5 million acres um, for, you know, people that can claim if they would meet the conservation requirements. So there's some certainly some room for growth. And even beyond that, we've got um, almost 18 million acres that could adopt either certified zoning 
or AEAs to allow even more people. So there's a lot of room for growth in this program, and we, we do believe that um, the increase in the incentives here will um, sort of be the tipping point for a lot of folks. Is there a specific demographic or type of farm that you feel this preservation program wasn't reaching before that now may be able to? We don't really have any hard numbers on what size of each individual claim we've seen less of or more of in the last, uh, you know, 10 years. But um, assumedly, you know, that being that the, the tax credit has stayed the same and the cost of doing business has gone up, um, we can assume that some of those smaller to, to middling tier farms have maybe seen the program as, as not being worth the work it takes to participate in. So with the tax credit going up, uh, we do hope to see some more of those smaller sized farms participate in this program. One of these potential farms belongs to Dustin Ellis. Dustin and his family farm near Wamandy, Wisconsin in Buffalo County. His family milks about 260 cows and they raise corn, soybeans and alfalfa. He had been toying with the idea of enrolling in farmland preservation and says now that the changes have been made, he's ready to fill out the paperwork. With the better incentive with the $10 an acre, uh, I think we're going to be looking into it and, uh, and signing up. With the cropland and the uh, and the woodland lumped in together, the extra five bucks I feel is worth doing the paperwork and going through that stuff. And plus now I believe it's shortened from a 15-year term to a 10-year. How many acres, Dustin, would you put into the farmland preservation program? The land that I own right now is, is owned with my brother, and right now it's it's 83 acres, and I would put, put all of that in. And my parents own most of the home farm here, and I think they're they're thinking about doing the same. I think that the uh, farmland that we have is is a valuable resource. We're not in an area of big development, but uh, never say it couldn't happen. And I'd, I'd like to see it stay in in farmland. Buffalo County dairy farmer Dustin Ellis speaking to how the new changes to the farmland preservation program make it more valuable for his family to enroll. Farmland Preservation Program Manager Wednesday Coy says if you're interested in enrolling in farmland preservation or want to see if you're eligible, it's easy to do. We have a website. It's farmlandpreservation.wi.gov where we have an interactive map for folks to look and see if they're in an eligible area. And then participation for this program starts at the County Land Conservation Department. So if they don't want to go on our website and look at that, they can always contact their local you know, County Conservation Department, talk to them, learn more about the program, and take the first steps into participating. Wednesday, Coy and Tim Jackson are Farmland Preservation Program Managers with the State Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection, speaking to the updates to the program that may boost interest among farmers to enroll. Again, they are upping the tax credits per acre and reducing the amount of time you have to commit to a program. As Wednesday told us, you can learn more at farmlandpreservation.wi.gov or you can contact your local county conservation department. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design, create, actuate. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. If Old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, she'd talk about it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Definitely a shift in the weather as we start off this week of December. It's time for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. Buddy, good morning from uh, my palatial spread up here in Green Bay, where literally there's no snow on the ground at all. I uh, had a chance to take my mom to visit some relatives over in the Twin Cities, and you know what? All along the way, I only saw maybe a little drift of snow here or there around central Wisconsin, but otherwise, it looks bare. Is that the way it's going to be by the end of this week? I think you're right, Pam. Even by the end of the week, we're not going to have that new snow cover. There could be some rain, especially in southern Wisconsin late in the week. Well, a little snow chance still around this morning. Like you talked about, though, you did some driving through central Wisconsin. I did a fair amount of driving toward the end of the week, southeast, central, and then southwest Wisconsin. Yeah, that, that northern shaded slope had a little snow on it. Everywhere else, the ground is clear and dry, a little moist because of some of the rain we've seen. But everybody was still out going about their chores, animals out on pasture, beef cattle, especially in southwest Wisconsin, soaking up sunshine, enjoying a pretty wonderful spell. Now, we did have a little rain through the weekend, not amounting to a whole lot. I see Madison Lacrosse about 13 hundredths of an inch, Mauston about 9 hundredths of an inch. I had about 15 hundredths of an inch here just on the west side of Eden. Just not a whole lot of precipitation, but a cool front swinging away from southeast Wisconsin this morning has a Accounted for some snow in the north, not amounting to much of anything, but we may even see a few snowflakes still in the south and east this morning. 
just for another hour or so, not amounting to a big deal. Just a little snow in the air. In fact, through the day today, skies will begin to clear out. A little more sunshine, first in western Wisconsin, and by late today in the east, it will brighten up, and it will stay quite breezy. There's the big factor for today. Northwest winds 10 to 20, gusting near 35 and 40. Really going to keep that chilly feel in the atmosphere, and not a break we're going to get from that. In fact, today with temperatures staying in the upper 20s, actually cooler than normal. 32, the normal high right now, will be below that today. Back around there tomorrow, the winds diminish already by later tonight. So we do get a little sunshine and more normal conditions Tuesday. And then making that long run toward the holiday by Wednesday, low 40s, Thursday, mid-40s, Friday, mid-40s or warmer. Maybe a little rain chance as we start looking toward Friday. Rain, as I expect, right through the weekend, mid and upper 40s to continue on as highs at that time. Like I say, we should be around 32. We're talking nearly 15 degrees above normal at some time here toward the weekend. Very, very mild running on toward Christmas, and I don't expect to get much of a change unless a little cool air were to wrap in with that rain chance here toward the end of the week. For the most part, I expect we're going to be fairly mild, maybe a little damp in the weekend, but that may be the only change. So we've got a lot to talk about. I'll have those forecast details right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Today's consumers have a lot of questions about where their food comes from and how it's produced. And that's all we talk about. I'm the fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee, and at the Midwest Farm Report, all we do is try to make sure you've got clear information on what Wisconsin farmers are doing today to put food on your table tomorrow. It's not about eat this versus that, but instead giving you the information you need to make smart decisions as a consumer. Join us at MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, and be sure to sign up for our e-newsletter. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather Forecast does call for that slight chance of a little snow, maybe a sprinkle misty kind of mix. Mostly cloudy skies this morning. Skies become sunny as the day progresses. First in the west, then through midday in the south, and already in the afternoon around eastern Wisconsin. But it stays quite breezy and kind of chilly in the upper 20s at best today, and those northwest winds 10 to 20, gusting to 35 and 40. Still clear and breezy early, we drop into the mid teens those northwest winds do diminish however in fact by tomorrow morning early northwest winds probably down around 5 to 10 not bad at all partly sunny skies on tuesday back up to about 34 west winds 5 to 15 becomes south through the day and by wednesday mostly sunny skies around 40 or just in the low 40s the south winds about 5 to 10 Heading toward the mid-40s on Thursday and Friday, that little rain chance might be something we have to deal with. Uh, Maybe already Thursday night or on toward the day Friday. Otherwise, it should overall be fairly mild. We don't have a major winter storm taking aim on us as we head toward Christmas, talking about rain. 
and temperatures on the above normal side. So, Pam, nothing too earth-shattering here with the exception of a continuation of a pretty mild pattern that should make it quite all right for travel plans both here in Wisconsin or, or just getting out of the state. The east coast, the far southeast, California, those will be different. Watch them this week. A lot of rain, a lot of cold air in some of those areas, really turning things off just a bit. You know, we focus a lot of our attention on what's happening with agriculture, but you got to believe that for anybody that's got outdoor work, uh, even some of the folks that are in the construction industry, this is a lot easier to get things done. The only problem is for those folks that count on income for snow removal or something like that, they are definitely having a difficult time. Appreciate the update, Stu. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Monday. Remember, Compure Financial is your partner when it comes to agriculture and rural living. All you want to find out? Online, compure.com. That'll connect you with some great, valuable resources they've got right there online. Or better yet, connect you with a local office near you. Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily. Because some people at school have noticed changes going on with you. And we're concerned. Like what? Who? Some of your friends, teachers. It sounds like you've lost interest in a lot of things lately. You're hanging with new friends. So? So, individually, maybe those things are no big deal. But taken together, and then the incident the other day, you were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know. But we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We just want to understand better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we just want to make sure you understand the negative consequences for someone your age, the physical and mental health effects, the poor decision-making, and the confusing legal aspects these days. So what do you say? Can we talk? For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, 
This treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. At Tom's Auto Center, we like to say we're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Because we're one of the largest independent auto shops in the area. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. With 12 bays and a lively group of highly skilled mechanics, we're able to do just that. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter fixed, getter done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Greg Gard kind of finally talking about Connor Siegen and his uh, playing or maybe kind of lack thereof. Yeah, we thought that he would get more run in last night's game against a lesser opponent in Jacksonville State where he would finally get in, you know, maybe play 15, 20 minutes, get five, seven, eight, whatever shots up, but get a number of shots up, right? Yeah. No. Didn't happen. He played four minutes. He got two shots up. Yeah, he so didn't hit one. He did. He didn't hit a bucket. Uh, Gardo put a season into the game with 13 minutes to play in the second half. And the crowd is like cheering for it. Like, hell yeah, let's go. And then immediately got blown off the dribble for a layup. A season did. And then guess what happened? He got yanked. He came in at 1350, got pulled at 1325 for Isaac Lindsay, the pride of Mineral Point. And the crowd booed. When they pulled the siege in, booed him. Okay, Gardo after the game was talking about it. Well, think about if you're Connor a siege in. <laughs> One, I think it's got to feel nice that the the crowd has your back, right? Yeah. It seems like the student population and the Wisconsin fan base love Connor a siege in. <laughs> they want the guy to be good. But from his point of view, man, I just got in and I just got pulled for Isaac Lindsay. The pride of Mineral Point. Yikes, where am I at? Well, here's uh, where he's at. Gardo, after the game, on a siege, quote, a year ago he played on a team that was okay. We're a much better team now. We have more depth. 
You have to grow your game because they have all the freshman film on you when you bang threes. We know he can do it, but it's not one of those or one of these things we can afford to let him play through. The stakes are too high. Gregory Guard. Doesn't that sound a little different from Greg Guard earlier in December, Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago? When he was talking about, ah, don't worry about it. Connor's Connor hasn't really been playing because it's the back injury. We're gonna get him worked in, and we're gonna we're gonna figure out you know his minutes moving forward. That felt two weeks ago. It felt more positive that Connor Asijin was not playing due to a back injury, and they were gonna work him in and get him feeling better. And it was just gonna be a matter of time. Those comments sounds like, dude. All you do is shoot the basketball. <laughs> Our team's better. There's not really a spot for you. Yeah, like he came off the bench last year. He had immediate like offense, right? But, you know, not much defense. He was exciting. And then about halfway through the season towards the end, he wasn't really making the shots that much either. And now, to Carlos' point, the Badgers last year, I mean, they weren't the great. They were okay. Well, they're a much better team now. I see this both ways. I think... I get what you're saying and Greg Gard saying like this team is deeper. This team does have more talent. This team does have more scores than it did last year. But if I'm Connor Asijin and I'm sitting there going, yeah, maybe I did hurt my back and I lost minutes and I wasn't playing as well. We all know just in general that he's not the best pure athlete, more of a shooter, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about how his defense has struggled and, that comes with being less athletic than the guy that you're trying to match up with. Yeah. And if you do have a back injury, that can be a little, you know, dis disabling, you no know what I mean? Like hurt this, back. this where he's even less athletic and maybe more stiff and it's sore, blah, 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 yeah. where he's even worse than when he's thrown out there. So I can, I can see that. But then when you say you're healthy and you say you feel good and you're ready to play, and you're re- getting replaced by Isaac Lindsay. That's a e yikes. Uh, one more from Gardo on a siege in. Uh, holding him accountable is the best thing we can do as coaches and the man that you have to guard. He is in a funk right now. He's better than he was two or three weeks ago. He understands it. He has to be more physical defensively. Doesn't it feel like getting replaced by Isaac Lindsay and really only playing less than five minutes? If this continues to be a pattern here we'll just say for the next few weeks that feels like a pattern that could 100 percent force a siege into or not force him but make a siege in transfer our guy dougie on twitch says connor is gone after this year yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying it's like the only thing that i can say i that i truly believe that isaac Lindsay is better at on a basketball court than connor Asijin would be being more athletic and therefore probably playing better defense that's the only thing I could give him. I don't even know about the defense part, but being more purely athletic. Who's got who's got the quicker pull on the trigger for shooting a three? Lindsay or a Seijin? I think Lindsay does. Oh, for sure. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You know, thank goodness, some people just do good things and don't even realize that they're doing it. That's one of the stories we've got for you on a Monday morning. Charity Seebecker visiting with Beth Schaefer. She's the coordinator of Wisconsin's Ag in the Classroom program about their recognition of the 2023 Outstanding Ag in the Classroom Teacher of the Year. A young woman down in southwest Wisconsin that was doing it 
Didn't even realize she was doing it. Stick around for that. Morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Glad to be along with you. Boy, I wish we had a little bit better Monday to start you off as far as weather. Cloudy skies on the way today. Not much better than 28. Tomorrow's sunshine back in the forecast, 35. Wednesday will be up to 44 with partly sunny skies. Thursday, a little bit of a chance of precipitation in the forecast. 43 are expected high, so definitely still staying above average for this stage in December. So, Today is the 18th day of December. What can I tell you? Let's see. On this day, back in 1930, the UW Fieldhouse was dedicated. It was dedicated as the Badgers beat the University of Pennsylvania 25-12 to in a college basketball game. The Badgers played their first game there five days earlier against Carroll College, but it was dedicated on this day back in 1930. Let's see. On this day in 1892, the Nutcracker made its debut in St. Petersburg, Russia. It was a two-part ballet inspired by a German author. The Nutcracker and the Mouse King have become something that we all turn to during the holidays. It originated on this day back in 1892. Boy, you think he almost originated on that day in 1892. Happy birthday to rocker Keith Richards, still with the Rolling Stones, still back out on tour. 79 years old today. Also, uh, director Steven Spielberg, he is 76 years young on this day. And yes, folks, that's right. Brad Pitts has turned 59, still looking just fine. And now you know. Well, interesting data that's just been released from a new survey conducted by some UW-Madison partners looking at what farmers' opinions are on things like nutrient management plans and also farm labor issues. The survey was developed in 2022 by a team of social science researchers at UW-Madison and UW-River Falls. They basically surveyed 2,000 farms, dairy farm owners specifically, between January and March of this year. 661 of the respondents got involved. That's only a 33% response rate. We understand that's low. Researchers at UW-Madison analyzed the results and came up with this synopsis. We're focused in today just on farmers' opinions about farm labor. 58% of dairy farm owners that were surveyed said it's very too extremely important to ensure good quality worker quality of life. 52% of dairy producers said they supported universal health care coverage. 25% were opposed. 36% of the dairy farmers said creating a basic income for farmers is a priority. 33% opposed that. 36% of the respondents said that funds for worker safety improvements were important. 24% said they were opposed. So the bottom line is that our dairy producers specifically have very different goals, very different priorities when it comes to not only their earned income, but also their farmer worker situation. You know, Dane County is currently struggling with some of those very same issues. Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi visited with me in studio recently talking about just that. And he points out that the Dane County Board of Supervisors is recommending $8 million be dedicated towards improving resources for farm workers specifically in Dane County. And of course, that involves networking with the dairy farms that are employing them. Issues as far as language problems and understanding. Also, housing, a major issue when it comes to Dane County Farms and trying to provide affordable, quality housing for their workers. 
Parisi tells me war, more about why he's paying attention to this very conversation. Yeah, this is a county board initiative, so I don't want to speak for them, but I can tell you in general, it's an effort and why I think it's um, it, it's a positive sign. It, it's kind of sort of what we were just talking about. It's an effort to partner with our local farmers and their workers to help establish housing for folks because we certainly know that there is a housing crunch throughout Dane County, whether it's on the farm, whether it's on the east side of Madison, west side of Madison. Um, and so, you know, when, when, we have, when we have workers coming through who need a place to stay and need a place to stay close to the farm, um, you, you know, they want to see if we can start looking at some, you know, being part of that solution as well. Because as we know, again, I'm not telling anyone listening to this anything new, but, you know, kids aren't staying on the farm as, as much as they used to. And so we now we have a lot of folks from the immigrant community working on our dairy farms. And those are our new partners. What are your concerns, anxiety? Are you going to leave a folder full of notes for the next county exec? Uh, giving them guidance or little, uh, you know, cliff notes. What are you hoping, at least again about agriculture and some of the tenants you've already established here, Joe, what are you hoping that they keep in mind when they assume the new responsibilities? It's going to come with a whole different set of challenges. We recognize Mm -hmm. that. But what kind of sage wisdom are you going to leave behind for them? You know, first and foremost, I think it's important to develop relationships. If you if you know some people already, try to grow those relationships. If you don't, reach out and introduce yourself to people. Go out go out to some farms and meet people. And you know, and if and if it's someone who doesn't know a lot about farming, that's okay. Just say, you know what, I don't have a lot of background in this. What what do you want me to know? And you know, and maybe who knows, Pam? Maybe you could even give someone a little tour around you know, the county and they're telling, you know, help them with some folks to talk to. But I think first and foremost, it's important to develop genuine relationships and to see the humanity in one another. I mean, I've learned so much, not just from the farm community, but from every community in Dane County. I think the, the, the most important piece of my work that's helped me the most has just been spending time with people and getting to know them, you know, and, 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 and once you start with that as a basis, it, everything flows from there. That's Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi, who earlier announced that he will retire as Dane County Executive Director in 2024, talking, of course, about the initiative that the Dane County Board of Supervisors is advancing, asking for $8 million to be dedicated towards specifically farmer worker resources in Dane County, partnering with area dairies and other farms that might be employing uh, farm labor and trying to address, first of all, the housing issue, and second of all, the language barriers and access to resources that are challenging many of our farm workers as well as the farms that employ them. You want to see the rest of that survey from UW-Madison and UW-River Falls? We've got it up now at MidwestFarmReport.com. Markets finished on the upside Friday in Chicago. Numbers are coming your way next. I never thought that I'd go from being the reporter in my local FFA chapter to being a farm broadcaster serving the state of Wisconsin, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, proud to be delivering farm and agribusiness news to you on the airwaves. From myself and my husband, Conway, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And from all of us at Midwest Farm Report, thanks for listening. On Friday in Chicago, as far as the grain markets were concerned, March corn was up four cents at 483. 
The December new crop of 2024 was up three and three quarter cents, five twelve and a quarter. The January soybeans closed a penny and three quarters higher on Friday to thirteen fifteen and three quarters. November 24 new crop was down four and a half, twelve seventy six and a quarter. July new crop wheat was up twelve and three quarters on Friday to six forty four and a quarter. The dairy markets were a little mixed and closed the week with barrel cheese trading four and a half cents lower at one forty five. 40-pound block cheese on Friday was down a nickel at 152, but double-A butter turned around a little bit, up three cents at 249 a pound. The January Class 3 milk closed 34 cents lower at 1590 a hundredweight. February milk was down 20 cents at 1640 a hundredweight. Let's take a look at how we're doing as far as the cattle market's concerned in Wisconsin. Through all of the equity sales barn locations last week, they sold more than 11,788 head of cattle. That included fed cattle, market cows, and calves. Last week, 60% of the beef fed cattle sold 141 to 160. The Holstein fed cattle, 60% sold 105 to 145. Market cows through all the equity barns, 60% sold 53 to 80 cents. Now, as far as the calf market was concerned across uh, the equity sales barns, we saw the calves that were good quality heifer calves at $100 per animal and down, good quality bull calves, $400 and down, the beef and beef cross calves, $650 per animal and down as far as the calf market. Now, if you're looking at other markets, just a quick glance because Stephanie talked about it on Friday. The market lambs, $140 and down. And if you're wondering about hogs, we don't sell enough hogs in Wisconsin anymore. They don't even quote those numbers. You can always find more at the newly revised Equity Cooperative website if you want to see specific numbers because of what you're marketing. And that's equitycoop.com. Congratulations to the winners of the Wisconsin Soybean Yield Contest. Dr. Sean Connolly released those numbers on Friday. Congratulations to Division I winner Todd Peschel from Buffalo County with over 88 bushels of the acre on average. Division II, the winner Jim Salentine from Kiwani County with more than 81 bushels of the acre on average. Division Three, Don and Doug Minnan from Dane County, over 107 bushels of the acre on average for their soybeans. Uh, also, congratulations in Division Four. Tom Evanstad from Lafayette County, more than 92 bushels of the acre on average. Dan Camps from Lafayette County was the new contestant award winner. And Planting Green Award goes to Dennis Roche from Dodge County. You can find more details at MidwestFarmReport.com. Charity Seebecker with a story about doing good when she didn't even know she was doing good. That's on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Legacy-exteriors.com Legacy Exteriors Just pick up the phone and let us leave a legacy on your home. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece 
that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Bringing home the bacon, literally. This is the Midwest Farm Report. There's a natural correlation between agriculture and Wisconsin's history. That's why many teachers are incorporating agriculture into their daily lessons. And some of you may be doing this already and not even realize it. That was the case for the Wisconsin Agriculture in the Classroom Outstanding Teacher Award winner, Emily Camps. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. And Beth Schaefer, the Wisconsin Egg in the Classroom Coordinator, highlights the efforts of camps and explains more about the importance of this award. The Outstanding Teacher Award for Wisconsin Agriculture in the Classroom really honors those classroom teachers who are going above and beyond to teach about agriculture while teaching math, while teaching science, while teaching reading, while teaching social studies. Um, and so it's not necessarily an award that is for being an excellent agriculture teacher, but it's an award that recognizes the real hard work and creativity and dedication to helping children learn where their food and fiber comes from um, in that rich context um, that only agriculture as a science can provide in um, building students you know reading skills by reading ag mags in the book of the year and the essay contests that our our wisconsin ag in the classroom offers um, but there's so many natural ties to math and science that um, agriculture really is just a beautiful um, vehicle to help students learn and as well as as help them understand where their food and fiber comes from. Um, we are able to offer the Outstanding Teacher Award because of the, the generous support of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Foundation and the many, many sponsors of Agriculture in the Classroom. And we have this amazing network of volunteers at the county level involved in, in Wisconsin Farm Bureau and county farm bureaus that champion agriculture in the classroom. And they've been a huge help in identifying really outstanding teachers uh, to both nominate and and assist in applying for the outstanding teacher award and this year's wisconsin winner is emily camps so can you tell me a little bit about emily what sets her apart from maybe others and some of those things that she did to bring agriculture into her classroom 
Well, Emily, or Mrs. Camps, <laughs> is, of course, our 2023 Outstanding Teacher Award winner. And she has been at Fenmore Elementary for a number of years. Um, but she kind of came on the agriculture literacy scene a few years ago when she started having her students participate in the annual essay contest, where they were really digging in and learning about the importance of agriculture in that area of Grant County and really the whole state of Wisconsin. And it was a great fit for her to teach her social studies uh, requirements around Wisconsin state history. It's a natural marriage between agriculture and Wisconsin's, Wisconsin history. Um, so that's how Emily kind of started it. But then she really dove in to summer school. She created two summer school courses for the first one was K through five. And the second one was for older students, I think six through eight. And they engaged with local farms and businesses and really dove into career readiness and the, the opportunities in agriculture that was beyond just being a farmer. Um, we think of that southwestern Wisconsin area in Grant County. It is an incredibly agriculture-rich area, but not everybody is a farmer. And so it was a really cool, innovative way for Emily to engage students in an enrichment setting in summer school uh, while helping them understand the opportunities in agriculture and the value of agriculture has on their everyday lives. And so Emily has continued to incorporate that into her classroom this year. She's teaching third grade, um, but she has big plans for um, summer school and continuing to incorporate agriculture into all of her common core subjects. And we're really excited to have her and honor her work this year. So what is next for Emily then? Does she compete at a national level or what are the next steps for her since she does have this recognition now? Part of our prize package with Emily is she will be traveling with us to Utah to the National Agriculture in the Classroom Conference this summer in June. Um, and she'll have the opportunity to apply as a Wisconsin State Teacher of the Year winner and um, and compete at the national level. So there'll be another round of applications. But with that, uh, it's a great opportunity for teachers to take a look at what they're doing. And I've only done this twice because I'm new to the Ag in the Classroom program. But teachers have come back and said they've really looked at their lessons and found even more areas that they were just naturally referring to agriculture, using agriculture examples. And so it's a great opportunity to uh, reflect and share, really. There's a lot of sharing that comes from this, teachers sharing with other teachers. So we're excited to see what happens with Emily and to nominate her as Wisconsin's candidate for the Excellence in Teaching About Agriculture Award, which is sponsored by the National Ag in the Classroom organization. And when does the next round of applications come available for here in Wisconsin? If there's maybe a teacher I know that I want to nominate or help them apply, how do we go about doing that? We encourage teachers to apply, uh, but I feel, uh, as I mentioned earlier, teachers are busy. They've got a lot going on. They're not necessarily looking for ways to seek the limelight. They do that for their students. Um, so we have a nomination process in Wisconsin where um, anyone, uh, whether you're involved in agriculture in the classroom or you're just an agriculture enthusiast or a parent, uh, you can nominate that teacher at our website, wisagclassroom.org. That will be open pretty soon here. Um, we usually open it in February or March, but then we also open it up to anyone who does want to apply. So that application will be available 
later this spring for the 2024 Outstanding Teacher Award. That was Beth Schaefer, Wisconsin Egg in the Classroom Coordinator. She says that the award doesn't 